Leslie Marshall Show, the only true democracy in talk radio, of, for, and by you, the people, live nationwide and streaming live at LeslieMarshallShow.com. Call in with your thoughts at 888-6-LESLIE. Hey there, happy Friday. Don't be looking at me unless you're watching me on TV or on a live speech. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome, welcome back. Only true democracy in talk radio of, for, and by you, uh, the people. In this hour, my co-host every um, Friday, normally last hour, but uh, Brad got upstaged by an ambassador, and he's okay with that, I think. Brad Bannon, who runs Bannon Communications Research, a polling message development and media firm that helps labor unions, progressive issues groups, and Democratic candidates win public affairs and political campaigns, is in the House. And Brad recently acquired a new position as a weekly blogger for EpicTimes.com. Formerly, he wrote, like I did, for U.S. News & World Report. He is also a lecturer in political science at Salem State University in Salem, Mass. Brad, thank you for joining us. Good afternoon, and welcome back, buddy. Happy Friday. Always a pleasure, Leslie. I'm ready to rock and roll. Okay, before we talk about Donald Trump and Bernie and Hillary, um, a lot of people were asking me um, on uh, Fox today, and a lot of people tweeting about what the Brexit vote for the U.K. saying, hey, we're going to get the heck out of the EU, um, does with regard to the election in November. Because a lot of people say this helps Trump, it hurts Hillary. And I said, I just don't think so. One, we're not part of the EU. Two, um, Brussels does not make our decisions. Three, we don't have people freely coming in and out of our borders, regardless of what people think. And four, the issue of immigration was already there on the table, and I think most of the people um, that have decided on that already have. Uh, and if they want to build a wall and ban Muslims, they're Trump's, you know, people. And if not, then their Hillary's are looking at, you know, Gary Johnson or staying home. Uh, additionally, is not the number one issue for uh, voters. Now, do you agree or disagree with me? Or do you think that Donald Trump will get a little uh, bump from this? Because most recently he was not in favor of the U.K. leaving because of his business buddies there on Wall Street and other places like J.P. Morgan who didn't and don't want uh, the U.K. Uh, to leave. But now that the vote is done, he stands in Scotland that didn't want the UK to leave and is going to have a vote of their own to seek its own independence and sovereignty from the UK um, uh, after this vote today. So I thought it was interesting that, once again, fact-checking, that Trump uh, was flip-flopping, A, and B, that he was going rah-rah, yay, Brexit from Scotland when Scotland's like, dude, we don't don't like Brexit and we're going to vote to to sex-sex-sex-it ourselves from uh, the U.K., uh, second referendum on uh, a vote for uh, independence uh, coming up uh, in, in Scotland. Uh, so what's your take? One, him standing in Scotland and saying that, and two, will it, um, does it help Trump hurt Hillary or way into our elections in November at all? Well, I think what uh, the uh, Brexit, or whatever we call it, has in common with American politics uh, it reflects the fact that uh, a lot of uh, a lot of people in the UK and the United States 
uh, feel that minorities, uh, that immigration uh, is uh, hurting both countries, uh, diluting pure Americanism or you know, Britainism uh, with a lot of minorities. Uh, the difference is, I think, in terms of the campaign, uh, it will uh, hurt Trump uh, because uh, already one of the reasons why Trump is having so much trouble raising money is that traditional Republican donors, especially donors who are, you know, corporate leaders, business leaders, uh, are scared to death of what Trump might do uh, with the economy uh, if he's elected. And I think what uh, the British vote's going to do is going to make it even more difficult for Trump to raise money uh, because business executives are even more concerned about economic dis- dislocation now because of the breakup of the EU. And I think that's going to make uh, Republican donors and corporate leaders even more wary uh, of supporting Trump. So I think in the last analysis, it's going to hurt Trump because uh, it's business leaders who are already scared of Trump are even more anxious now. And so it's going to be very difficult for him to raise money from traditional Republican donors. Um, okay, and uh, quite frankly, those traditional Republican donors, many of them are business people um, who are going to start moving their companies to Dublin, Scotland, and elsewhere outside of the U.K. into the E.U., right? Yeah, uh, and it's just, you know, I, I don't think it helps Trump at all. Um, there, It reflects the commonality and, you know, the sort of racial hatred that exists in, in both countries. Uh, but uh, the, Trump, this creates economic uncertainty. And the last thing that business leaders want uh, is more uncertainty, and that's what they feel they risk with Trump. Um, Okay. Uh, Anything else on uh, the Brexit vote uh, weighing into the issue of immigration and and Trump versus Hillary in November? Uh, No, I think it just reflects the commonality. There's you know, both countries are changing racially. And I mean, one thing that you saw in the British exit polls, and it reflects something that happens in the United, happening in the United States, is that young people overwhelmingly in Britain overwhelmingly supported staying in the European Union, whereas uh, older voters overwhelmingly supported getting out. And if you look at the racial antagonism in this country, it's much more prominent uh, among older voters, and younger voters are, you know, very, uh, you know, accepting of the racial changes in, in this country. So it's, again, a commonality in that. But again, I think business uncertainty is going to make it very difficult for Trump to raise money, and he's already having a lot of trouble raising money. Um, okay, we have a lot to talk about with uh, regard to uh, Bernie and Hillary. And before we talk about your great piece that you wrote for EpicTimes.com, why Bernie Sanders plans to vote for Hillary Clinton, um, let's first talk about, Ber- uh, you know, Bernie Sanders has said he's going to vote for Hillary Clinton. So a lot of people say, so why the hell are you still in the race? If you're going to vote for Hillary Clinton, you know she's going to be the nominee, the Democratic nominee. Get out of Dodge. Um, why is Bernie Sanders you know, saying he's going to vote for Hillary, but not getting out of the race. And then we'll talk about your piece. Well, I think that, uh, you know, what Bernie Sanders is going through now reminds me of that psychological uh, concept of 
of adjusting to death, uh, the not you know the seven stages of grief or whatever it is. The five uh, stages of gr- the five stages of uh, grief, Elizabeth yeah. Kubler Ross. Right, and I just think Bernie Sanders is having a difficult time dealing with the fact uh, that he is not going to be the Democratic nominee. Uh, I think he's having a hard time admitting to himself that it's all over. And it's interesting what happened this morning uh, is on Morning Joe, he did say, in fact, he was going to vote for Hillary Clinton. An hour later on uh, CNN with Chris Cuomo, uh, he changed his answer when Cuomo asked him the same question, and he hedged a little bit, saying, in all likelihood, I'm going to vote for Hillary Clinton. And I just think he I, I think he's afraid of a couple of things. First of all, I just don't think he's got the acceptance stage yet. And secondly, I think he feels that if he gives a full-throated endorsement of Hillary Clinton, uh, the Bernie Acts will turn on him and call him a sellout. I mean, that's what they did with Elizabeth when Elizabeth Warren, who was very progressive, uh, endorsed Hillary. They called her a sellout. Uh, the same thing happened a couple of days ago when former Senator Russ Feingold in Wisconsin, who was very progressive, endorsed Hillary. And I think uh, Bernie is afraid that if he fully endorses uh, Clinton, he's going to catch all hell from the people, the Berniaks, who supported him uh, all these months. Um, okay, so let's talk about your piece entitled, Why Bernie Sanders Plans to v- uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. You didn't write this piece. My apologies. Giving you credit here. Um, but let's talk about why Bernie plans uh, to vote uh, for Hillary Clinton. Um, he has said, he told MSNBC, and he's told others, and he's repeated that, you know, in the past 24 hours. Quote, I'm going to do everything I can to defeat Donald Trump. Whether it's him to defeat Donald Trump or Hillary to defeat Donald Trump, like Bernie said, he plans to vote for Hillary Clinton uh, in the uh, U.S. Uh, presidential election. Um, he said, quote, I think Trump in so many ways would be a disaster for this country if he were to be elected president. Bernie Sanders also doesn't see himself as a disaster with regard to division among Democrats. Um, but, you know, at, soon the fat lady is going to come to the stage and sing, at least in, you know, in Philadelphia will be the last opportunity for that. Um, when he says he's going to do everything he can to help uh, to defeat Donald Trump. Uh, does that mean the hug and the kumbaya in Philly at the end of July that Democrats need to see, Brad? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, when push comes to shove, uh, he's going to be fully supportive of Hillary Clinton. And in reality, you know, what he said this morning that he was going to vote for Hillary Clinton shouldn't come as a great surprise because he said several times uh, during the primary, including in some of the televised debates, that he was going to support Hillary Clinton if he's the nominee, if she was the nominee of the party. And Hillary Clinton said she'd support him if he was the nominee of the party. So it's not exactly big news because he said all along that he's going to support Hillary Clinton, and he'd look really bad now if he decided that he said he wasn't. Uh, and I just think he's having trouble adjusting. Uh, you know, you said uh, the fat lady is sung. No, uh, the fat lady's going to sing for the last well, time. For all intents and purposes, she's already sung. Yeah. The problem is Bernie Sanders didn't hear her sing. Uh, and I just think he's can't bring himself to accept the fact that he lost this race. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Brad. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with you, buddy, and we'll talk more about these pieces Brad didn't write. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I was giving him credit for it. Uh, we're going to talk more about, uh, well, we've talked about Bernie Sanders. Let's talk about Donald Trump, about raising money. We're going to talk about immigration, and uh, we're going to talk about guns. So stick around. If you want to join us, better yet, give us a call. Talk to us. It's a talk show for crying out loud. It's Friday. I know it's summer. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 to call. Tweet, follow me on Twitter, at Leslie Marshall. Back after this. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of truth. The Leslie Marshall Show. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. Leslie Marshall, happy Friday, Brad. Let's take some calls, shall we? Okay, sounds good. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Starting it out with Nick in Humboldt County, listening on KGOE Radio on Line 3. Nick, how you doing? Happy Friday. Thank you for joining us. Hey, what do you want to great. talk about, Nick? we got a lot on okay, the table. Uh, major thing I want to talk about is I think uh, there's a mistake being made by a lot of people thinking that most of the problems with England was, uh, you know, fear of foreigners, uh, immigration. They didn't like immigration. They wanted to stop it. I, I really don't think that's the complete case. You had once they were fine with the EU until about ten years ago, when former Iron Bloc countries joined, and then you had very highly skilled people showing up at England's doorstep, taking jobs like you know, you know carpentry, uh, uh, machining, that sort of stuff. And you had a tremendous uh, amount of stress on the people that had decent jobs. Then all of a sudden, you know, they were making half what they were used to make. So I think that's got a lot to do with it. Well, you know, when you look at the, um, you know, they don't have exit polling, but when you look at the demographics, it really was a lot. You know, blue-collar workers came out en masse, and the blue-collar workers were voting uh, to leave the EU because they definitely felt that uh, – their jobs and money were affected. The problem is, in the short term, um, they actually uh, may be reciting that, be careful what you ask for. Well, I, I think in the long run, it, it's going to even out. Um, I think the European Union would work pretty well as long as it wasn't, you know, the entire world. And, and the problem is it just kept adding countries and adding countries and adding countries. And then you start diluting, the, you know, the process. Um, uh, my understand France is really there's a big movement there to leave the EU because of that very fact, and also in Germany. So, but can I say one thing about gun control? Uh, yeah, we're going to be ta- we're going to be talking about guns, immigration, yeah, uh, Bernie, you, Hillary, you Trump, and that. Brexit. So, you mentioned that. So here, here's the deal: uh, we got to stop calling it gun control. Okay, that raises the hackles on every right winger out there. We need to come up with a different term. We got to get smarter when it comes to messaging. I'm thinking gun management, uh, safety management. I don't know. You know, if I come up with, there must be a million people out there that can come up with ideas. But the control word is, it just really causes problems. 
Uh, Brad, did you want to? Uh, well, yeah. First of all, I uh, disagree uh, with your comment about uh, immigration. I did see uh, British exit polls, uh, and fear of immigration was very high on the list of uh, voters who voted to leave. Uh, I think that is coupled with the fact uh, that a lot of uh, Brits, uh, like some Americans, especially older Brits, uh, feel they their uh, the economy is not working for them. Uh, but uh, the exit polls clearly show that uh, immigration was a big component of it. I think there was an economic element too. Uh, but in, according to the exit polls, uh, immigration was a big deal. Uh, I agree with you on the gun control thing gun control probably uh, isn't a very good term for the reasons uh, you suggested uh, maybe uh, gun safety uh, is better uh, I do know that uh, if you look at the most recent uh, CNN poll which they and they asked a lot of questions on guns uh, if you ask people if they favored stricter gun control laws um, a large majority by a margin of uh, 55 uh, to 38 uh, now favor stricter gun control laws, which is a big jump over what it was before Orlando. Uh, so whatever you call it, and I agree with you, gun control probably isn't the best thing. Uh, this uh, the uh, tragedy in Orlando has uh, really significantly changed uh, American public opinion on the subject. All right. Thank you. Uh, appreciate that. And caller, appreciate you as well. Um, let's uh, take a uh, uh, you know what we have. Uh, well, let's just start it out. Uh, Clark in Arizona, line four, listening on KPHX radio. Clark, go ahead and start. You have about a minute and then we'll put you on hold for the break and continue. But go ahead. Start it off. Yeah, first time caller just started listening about two weeks ago. I like the open mindedness of the show. Thank you. Um, one, one thing, immigration is a big issue with me. Um, I don't have a problem with everybody saying we're all immigrants, but we're not all illegal immigrants, and I think you'd have to have control on that. Um, as far as guns go, I'm a liberal. I own guns. I, I would bet 50% of the Democrats out there own a gun of some sort. Um, so I think gun responsibility would be the issue. All right, hang on, hang on, Clark. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with Clark, the caller. The other caller's on hold. And Brad Van and my co-host, I'm Leslie Marshall. Happy Busy Friday. want to do that anyway okay i know don't go my day job we are back i'm leslie marshall he's brad bannon if you're on hold hang tight you want to join us 8886 leslie 8886537543 lots to talk about brexit uh uk uh, voters uh, uh, vote to leave the eu scotland may vote to leave uh is going to vote to uh, leave the uh uk whether they do it or not it will be the second time they have tried to be independent and break away from the uk uh we will see about that um we're also talking about immigration we're talking about guns and we're talking about bernie sanders saying he'll vote for hillary clinton but he hasn't stepped down in running for the very position he's going to vote for her 
to be as a Democratic nominee. Uh, let's go back to the calls. And we were talking before the break with Clark in Arizona. Clark on line four. Thank you for holding. Welcome back. You were saying, Clark, before the break. Yeah, well, one thing I want to say about Bernie, you got to appreciate how honest that guy is, um, regardless of the political outfall. But um, I think this U.K. thing and everything shows how unhappy most countries are with their government. That we put up with it for years. The Republicans and the Democrats constantly blaming each other. Um, it seems like the Democrats are now all for open borders, and they don't seem to be against any illegal immigration. That really bothers me. Um, now, as far as the guns go, let's have gun responsibility. I've got about 20 guns. None of them are semi-automatics or automatics. They're hunting sporting rifles. They're res- I'm responsible. I'm 62 years old, never had a gun accident. My kids have never had a gun accident. I mean, it's all about personal responsibility, and that includes illegal immigrants who I have had many problems. My family's been in car wrecks where they don't have insurance and stuff. Yeah, but, so uh, yeah, but the overwhelming majority... Uh, actually, I think all of the mass, uh, the the um, all of the mass shootings in this country were not committed by illegal immigrants. Oh no, I, I'm not saying mass shootings are committed by illegal immigrants. I'm saying like auto wrecks and drunk. Well, but there are. Here's another thing: you bring that up, and it, somebody in the country legally or a gangbanger with a felony record isn't supposed to have uh, a weapon, and they do all. Yeah, the but time. if you go to a gun show and there's no background check, who knows? Oh, you know, you're right. I, I don't disagree with that. There definitely should be a background check. In fact, I think the FBI dropped the ball. All right. Yeah. Uh, uh, Clark, we are glad you're a new listener and caller. Hope to hear from you more than just today. We're going to have a second date, Clark, because this is our first. We're going to have a second? Okay. Yeah? I don't know. I wasn't real encouraged by that. What do you think, Brad? He's taking my number, not calling me again. I'm just joking. Brad, uh, any comments <laughs> on Clark's remarks? Well, uh, first of all, I, uh, you know, I, I like Clark because, uh, you know, he's a gun owner, but he realizes that it's crazy not to have background checks uh, and ban assault weapons. I mean, no one wants to ban ownership of guns. Uh, what people want to do is have strict background checks. Uh, there are some people, and a majority of Americans would uh, would ban assault we- uh, weapons. Uh, and he raises the the issue of the name again. I like gun responsive Clark's idea, gun responsibility, uh, more than I like gun control. Uh, probably a simple simple way to say what Clark was saying, which I think is very important, is gun safety. Uh, so uh, whatever you know. A rose by any other name uh, smells as sweet, uh, and a clear majority of Americans uh, support uh, background checks. Almost every American supports background checks, about 89% the last time I checked. Um, a clear majority of Americans uh, uh, support a ban on the sale of assault weapons, uh, and I think Clark sounds like a very responsible gun owner, and we need more like them. All right, uh, let's take some more calls. 8886 Leslie, 8886537543. Tim in Indiana, line five, listening on iHeartRadio. Hi, Tim. Good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon, Leslie. Um, I'm, I'm a little concerned from what I'm hearing from both of you in regards to Bernie, and I'll tell you why. Um, I almost feel like I just want to say, and I apologize for putting it this way, but please, just take a chill pill. You should know better. And the reason I say that is, 
we all know that both Hillary and Bernie didn't get a lot of air coverage in comparison to Trump. And the bottom line is, when it comes time to the convention, you're going to see political theater, and it's going to happen on prime time. And when and when that happens, that's hopefully going to also bring over those that are that are those Bernie and Bust people. But any time that they hear, and I'm not a Bernie and Bust, but I am a Bernie fan. But any time I hear folks like yourselves put him down, like he's some nattering old man that just can't, you know, uh, decide and, and, and doesn't know. Look, he's talked to her, and he's talked to the president. I bet they've worked this out really well, and they know they're going to get primetime coverage with, with all three networks or four networks, which they would not have gotten. Well, well first, of, first, of all, first of all, to, to your point, um, I don't know what you're listening to. I have never – I know Senator Sanders personally. I like him personally, and if he was the nominee, I would vote for him. But the reality is he will not be the nominee. He does not have the number of uh, delegates nor superdelegates. And I do feel that it helps Trump when we have two people uh, on the Democratic side and, and, and we don't – rather than one machine getting behind the presumptive nominee who is Hillary Clinton, um, I don't need theater at um, the Democratic convention. I leave that to the Republicans. Donald Trump and the Republicans are, are having enough theater themselves. So, you know, Brad saying that he hasn't gone through the stage of acceptance, I don't think is putting him down. I, I think that's a reality. I don't think it's acceptance as much as Senator Sanders said. I will step down once every vote has been cast um, and every and that includes every delegates vote. And, and and then Hillary Clinton will be the nominee. My problem is because Donald Trump became the presumptive nominee and because Ted Cruz and John Kasich got out of the race sooner than people thought. I think that for the sake of anyone but tr- anyone but Trump or Hillary over Trump, which Bernie Sanders has said is clearly uh, what he wants as an American and a voter, um, that he can help that uh, to be a reality in November and not have us lose uh, momentum because this is about uh, money. This is about uh, campaigning. Uh, this is about presence. And I'll let Brad weigh in uh, to your remarks. So just to be clear, I have not. I love Senator Sanders. I just chose Hillary Clinton, just like I chose Hillary Clinton in 08. Uh, but when Barack Obama was the nominee, I backed him, you know, 100 plus percent. Brad? Well, I agree with you. I think Democrats should be patient with Bernie Sanders, and I think you're right. Uh, By the time we get to Philadelphia, there will be all sorts of hugs and kisses, and everything will work its way out. Uh, I also have a great deal of admiration for Bernie Sanders. Uh, I think he's won all the battles in this nomination fight. Uh, The only battle he lost was winning the nomination. I think he's fundamentally made the Democratic Party a more progressive party, which I think is a very good thing. He's activated a whole new generation of young progressive activists. Uh, He's proved that you can raise millions and millions of dollars without uh, PAC and corporate donations. Uh, I think he's been great. Um, But I do think he's having trouble accepting the fact that he's not going to be the nominee. Uh, But I think you're right. We should be patient because I do think uh, things will work out in the end. And I should also point out that Hillary Clinton has strength over Trump, has grown significantly in the last couple of weeks. And if you look at the polls, the reason for that is 
that Democrats are much more likely to support Hillary Clinton uh, than Republicans are Donald Trump. Uh, and I think we've already taken steps to unity, uh, and whatever discord there is pales in comparison to what Donald Trump and the Republicans have to uh, deal with. Okay. Um, is our caller still with us, or is he on? Uh, is no, he on? I, I agree, and I thank you. I, I mean, that's the only disagreement I have, you know, oh. is just that I just feel that, that, that you're, you know, everything else, every other point you've said, I think we're 100% right, and I'm just saying that don't worry. You know, if you'd pulled out... I'm uh, not, I'm uh, not worried. Of- I'm not worried, but I have to, I have to say that politics is like moss on a rolling stone. And Hillary Clinton has been campaigning and gaining money for the past year, but Donald Trump has a leg up the longer Bernie stays in the game. Doesn't mean you can't catch up, but I'd rather have the leg up than catch up. Well, I understand. All right. Thank you for your call, and thank you for your honesty, and I I appreciate it, and I hope uh, we're all uh, good. Now, we do our kumbaya hug, right? All right, Tim, thank you for the call. Uh, Let's continue with the calls. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Jake's in Eureka, listening on KGOE as well. Line four. Jake, good afternoon. Hi, Leslie. Um, I believe the Brexit vote is a truly sad day in world history. I mean, I I think, unfortunately, we will see the United Kingdom fall apart. Uh, I think Scotland will vote their independence, and then you'll see Northern Ireland decide to leave the U.K. and join the Republic of Ireland in a reunified Ireland. Um, and then you look at other countries like Netherlands will probably leave the EU, maybe even Italy. It looks like it's on the verge of falling apart because of this vote. I'm wondering if David Cameron is stepping out because he knows um, that's going to happen, and if it happens, the Queen would have his head. Um, people forget there is still a monarchy in place, and although she may not make laws, she does have sit-downs with the Prime Minister and uh, a lot of power when you look at um, you know, uh, stories uh, about Tony Blair or stories about Margaret Thatcher and their relationship, uh, you know, with uh, with the Queen. Um, uh, Brad, what, what do you think that's, you know, people are worried about destabilization of the EU. Others are more worried about, like Jake mentioned, destabilization and, and separation of the UK. Well, I think, uh, first of all, uh, I think I agree. I think it's a very sad day uh, what Britain did, and I think a lot of it was racially motivated, which makes it even worse in my book. Uh, I think uh, Britain is going to suffer greatly economically uh, from this. It's already a declining economic power, and it just in one fell swoop uh, cut itself off from one of its main trading partners and fastest growing economies in the world, Germany. Uh, I also agree with you. Uh, Scotland, I think, is very likely to hold another independence vote. And the only reason they, Cameron was able to beat down the last Scottish independence vote is he told the Scots that it would be crazy for them uh, to leave the protection of the European Union, which you know, no longer exists in the United Kingdom. I think it also has, I agree with you, it has ramifications for Irish politics. Uh, today, a Northern Ireland leader called for a referendum on uniting Ireland because uh, what you saw in the exit polls last night is that Scots and Northern Irelanders overwhelmingly voted to keep in the EU. It was Englanders who voted against it. Uh, and now the only way for Northern Ireland to stay in the EU, which is what it wants to do is reunite with the Republic of Ireland, which is a member of EU. 
Okay. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, we will continue with your calls. If you're holding, hang tight. If you want to join us when we finish with a call, your Q2 call through. Talking Brexit. Talking Bernie Sanders saying he'll vote for Hillary Clinton. And some people saying, so, dude, you know you're going to vote for her. You know she's the Democratic nominee, so why are you still staying in the game? And there are others talking about guns and, of course, immigration, especially after the Brexit vote in November, coming up with Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton being on such separate sides uh, with regard to those issues. Uh, back with you and uh, my co-host, Brad Bannon, on this Friday. Don't go away. Call 888-6LESLIE. 888-653-7543 is uh, the number. Don says, uh, Bernie Sanders and the followers work from different assumptions and goals. It's electoral politics versus movement politics. Mike says the grand experiment in liberalism is once again squashed for at least a generation. Bill says Bernie has some planks for the platform. I heard he was a carpenter when he was young. Cute. Um, and uh, uh, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Ariel says, um, I think you know why Bernie's staying in. The angle is to make her even slightly authentic and accountable in her words geared toward workers. Uh, and uh, Kali says, I think Bernie wants to be sure at the end of the day he worked as hard as he could for his supporters. He didn't just shrug. And uh, Space Shuttle says to have a force in pushing his career platform, it's not just all about stopping Trump. And Chicano says, hon, he's an opportunist. You should know that. We'll be back. Leslie Marshall, the simple truth in a complicated world. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. Marshall, he's Brad Bannon. Welcome, welcome back. Let's go back to the calls, Brad. And uh, let's go to Reggie on line three, listening on Progressive Voices in Decatur, Georgia. Hi, Reggie. Good afternoon. Happy Friday to you and Brad. You, you, to you, you said Leslie Marshall and Brad, him, Brad Bannon himself, too, as well. Well, hey, Reggie. How you, do, how you guys doing? Okay, guys, you? I love you, but we have like, you know, le- we are now at five minutes because y'all ate up a minute just doing the pleasantries. What do you want to okay. say, Reggie? Well, I would just like to say that why didn't. I wish the Democrats would have done that a whole lot more of those sit-ins, you know, a whole lot more of those sit-ins when they did it about the, the gun control thing. You know, after the recent incident in Orlando, I wish they could do that more often with everything that the Republicans tried to obstruct, you know? Why can't they do more sit-ins like that? You know, if they can do that about gun control, why can't they do that about anything that the president tries to pass? Because, you know, the Republicans are obstructing, well, justice, if you will. And I would like to see them do even more of that instead of just doing it on gun control and safety. You know, why can't they do that more often? Sit in when they don't get their way. You know, no deal, no break, right? Why can't they do more of that? You know, else. although I like it, um, I, I don't know personally my opinion. Brad, I want to get your take. I don't know that that's always the way because unless like in the Senate, it leads to a vote. Um, you know, it does take up, you know, it is, you know, theater, a political theater, although I thought it was awesome and it was necessary, um, you know, on this. But, but Brad, what do you think? Reggie says more sit-ins. Do you agree with me? Not if you don't get votes that accomplish something. Eventually, you have to have that. Like Occupy Wall Street, it was a great movement, but they didn't push to put forth, um, like the Tea Party did, candidates that could actually legislate change. Well, I think it was a PR masterpiece. 
and one of the reasons why it was a PR masterpiece is because it's unique and, to my knowledge, it never happened before. The problem is, if you keep doing that, uh, at some point the networks are going to consider it routine and won't cover it anymore. Uh, but I think as far as it went, it was, a, it was a brilliant stroke of public relations, and I think that the national attention the Democratic House members got for gun control uh, have already accentuated a process uh, that certainly outraged Americans in Orlando, uh, because right now, as I said before, there's been a significant increase uh, in public support uh, for uh, gun safety, and that was even before the sit-down, and I think the sit-down will move the public opinion even more. Uh, but the problem is it's one of those things you can't keep doing it. Uh, no one will care anymore. And one of the reasons it was so effective was because it was so unique and it never happened before. I agree with you there. Reggie, thank you for the call. Let's go to Michael in the Bronx, last but not least on this Friday. Michael? Hi, my dear friends. A few things. Number one, you know, somebody has a problem with the term gun control. What have you and Brad heard me call it as? All the times we talk, I call this gun safety reform. And I think that says a lot as to what we're going for here. That's number one. Number two, Bernie Sanders, I like him also. All right? And he said he's going to vote for Hillary Clinton. He also stated that, quote, doesn't look like I'll win the nomination. Now it's the time for him to tell his constituents and supporters that we got a rally behind Hillary. Yes, he's staying in the race, perhaps because of keeping the issues alive, but make it clear that he's no longer campaigning against Hillary. He's campaigning for Hillary and with Hillary. That's all come together. And as far as Trump goes, I can see why a whole bunch of people are so afraid of him, besides him losing credibility, losing integrity with his hateful um, rhetoric and constantly inciting violence. After that, losing his mind or what have you, besides his hair. But I'm wondering if people are backing away from Trump. Are they seeing the light or maybe seeing themselves as, as I have constantly pointed out, this is the same stuff they've been doing for eight years. Has Trump been the GOP's mirror? All right, Brad. Well, uh, first of all, Michael, I agree with you. I think gun safety is a much better uh, term to use uh, than gun control, uh, because gun control implies we're going to get rid of all handguns. Uh, gun safety implies, well, they're going to be handguns, but you better use them uh, safely if you're going to use them. So I, I agree with you on that. You know, I, I tend to go with the call we had a couple of calls ago, uh, I think we have to be patient with Bernie Sanders because I think he will come around by the time of the convention. Uh, and I don't want to push him because if you push him, he's the kind of guy who might back up just out of stubbornness. Uh, so I think we've got to be patient. Uh, Democrat, the reality is, if you look at the national polls, Democrats are already unifying, much so, more so than Republicans. Uh, and I think it's going to work out. Yep. I don't think you want to push Bernie Sanders in a corner. Okay. Uh, nobody, puts, nobody puts Bernie in the corner, right? Uh, Brad, thank you for joining us. Brad Bannon, he's my buddy and partner in crime every Friday. I'm Leslie Marshall. Have a great weekend. Andrew, you rocked it today. Andrew, doing two jobs. You are... 